The mob mentality, the media, and maybe, just maybe, the demise of our society. That's the subject of tonight's point of view. So due to the mob mentality and the media's just horrific, horrendous coverage of that interaction, as you can see around the screen, between the Native American elder Nathan Phillips and the Kentucky teens that took place in D.C. over the weekend. Their school now, Covington High School, wait till you hear this, was forced to be shut down today. Right? These are teenagers forced to be shut down today because of such imminent, what they seem to be, such imminent threats of violence, blowing up the school. I mean, who knows what this mob was thinking. So I just want to be clear here to give you some context of what's taking place here. We had some high school kids that if you watch the full context were getting harassed. I'm not going to say what they were being called because it's inappropriate for 630 at night, but were being harassed by these black Israelites that were standing there at the Lincoln Memorial as they're waiting for their bus at this March for Life weekend, at this March for Life event. So the teens, as they're getting harassed by these black Israelites, start doing some school cheers. Apparently they've got a lot of school cheers that they do normally. And as that's taking place, then this Native American elder starts to walk over to them with his drum. They did not walk over to him. They didn't say, hey, come over here. None of that went down. And the guy walks over, as you can see here, and he's, he's in this young man's face, beating a drum in his face. So he's standing there, some say with a smile, some say with a smirk. Young man doesn't say a word, doesn't touch the guy. And because of a bunch of Twitter trolls and this disgusting mob mentality, their school now gets shut down for the day because they're afraid of being attacked and the kids being killed. Family members being followed. You see parents on the news going, look, I don't know if I want my son going out to work because these people have been doxing him, telling him where they work. I bring all this up because of what is happening right now in our society. Earlier today, there was a great piece on the Hill.com titled this. If we can bring it up, please. Only a matter of time before the social media mob comes after you. See, when it's not you, some people think, oh, well, hey, you know, but take a step back for a moment. Think about well, what if this was you that was experiencing the mob? What if it was your child that was experiencing this Twitter troll mob mentality. This is very serious, very scary stuff, folks, because now we live in a society, there is no due process. In a matter of a video, in a matter of a moment, poof, there goes your reputation. Things are gone in a very, very short amount of time, all because of this Twitter trolling. Now, we here at Point of View, as you know, as you watch the show, have one of, if not the smartest audience in our entire area, maybe the entire country for what I know, but very, very smart people interact with the show. One of you that watches the show consistently emailed me, uh, I think it was today, if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, and I want to share it with you tonight because he created some context. I think it's a he created some context, and I just thought it was valuable in the context of what we're talking about tonight. So here's what this person had to say. Not quite a year ago, after the terrible school shooting in Parkland, Florida, a group of high school students took up the left-wing talking points about gun control. Their main points were that the NRA was directly responsible and that guns should be taken from law-abiding citizens to prevent future school shootings. If anyone questioned their logic, the mainstream media and the social media were quick to condemn them, saying that these kids were off-limits. They were just exercising what they felt was their civic duty, and they were just high school students after all. Fast forward to today, a group of high school students are waiting at the Lincoln Memorial for their buses to take them home. 
through no fault of their own, they are caught up in a situation that the mainstream media and social media twisted to make them look like a group of racist thugs. The whole narrative was false, but that didn't matter. Mainstream media and social media called for the kids to be physically assaulted and their identities to be posted online. Even, even after it has been proven that they did nothing wrong and in fact acted like the grown-ups in the room, their school was still forced to remain closed today due to threats of violence. The person goes on to say, it's amazing how well the mainstream media and the social media mob mentality is working out for us. Folks, this is why we talk about it a lot on the show, but this is why we have what's called a representative republic rather than a straight democracy. It's one of the reasons why I'm not really a big fan here in North Dakota, these straight-up democratic-initiated measures, because you end up with this possibility of mob rule. All you need is the 50 plus one, and now the mob could potentially rule, because that's how a straight-up democracy works. And I want to know from your point of view tonight, this mob mentality, the, the media, what do you see the impact is in our society? And is it starting to see things sort of crumble? You hear a lot of people talking about this civil war that we are embarking upon right now in our country with all of that's happening. No shots have been fired, but boy, it is, you can see things starting to get shredded at the seams, if you will. We've got to start to figure out how we become the United States of America again, not the divided states of America. Talking about this Native American situation, everything that's been happening earlier today, I had a chance to visit with the executive director of the North Dakota Indian Affairs Commission, Scott Davis. We talked about this incident in D.C. Also, we focused on why Mr. Davis, if you saw the recent tribal uh, nation flag ceremony at the Capitol, he was very, very emotional about it, very touching. You hear why in tonight's interview. Director Davis, welcome back to Point of View. Always great to have you with us, sir. I want to start with this. You being a Native American, a leader in our state, big conversation after what happened in D.C. with the Native American elder Nathan Phillips and these young Kentucky teens. Not sure how much of the video have you seen, but from what you've seen, what you've read on the story, what's your reaction? Yeah, you know, Chris, that's, uh, you know, just another unfortunate situation with... Uh, relations that are that come and go with this in this country um you know what happened this past week i had to look uh, uh, honestly chris i haven't given it much attention you know all my attention has been here locally with our state and our tribes you know um you know really i can't speak to that chris in dc you know i've watched like i said a little bit of it i haven't talked too much of our, our tribal members about it our leadership about it but because again our focus is here here in our state um if you look at uh, just the past weeks of the tribal flags, the state of this tribal dress, I mean, all these things that we've done here recently, uh, not only in the last two years, but uh, throughout the summer and um, up to session here, uh, that's our focus, you know, and our focus is yes. local. And that's, we, we want to keep it that way. So obviously the media took the story and ran with it, so I'm not sure if I should be excited or disappointed that you and other tribal leaders aren't talking about it, because part of the kerfuffle, and I'm going to share with you what State Representative Ruth Buffalo said, she says, hey, the, be the behavior shown in that video is just a snapshot of what indigenous people have faced and are continuing to face. But then as you get more context, the video tells a much different story. So again, I know you haven't seen it, but the fact that you and other Native American leaders aren't talking about it, should, should people in our state take that as a positive or how should we interpret that? Well, I wouldn't say we're not talking about it, Chris. I'm sure people are talking about it and have their, their opinions and their things about that, and that's good. But uh, 
again, um, you know, what's in our control today? You know, can we control that that uh, that uh, that venue over there in D.C.? No, obviously not. Uh, what we can control is here is local with our state and our tribes, and that's the focus. Is just that. Uh, it's unfortunate that these things happen outside of our, our state, and uh, obviously we've, we've lived through some of that here locally, uh, and we've learned from that. All of us have learned from that. And when but, these but, things but, happen but like learned, that... Uh, Mr. Davis, just because you're the commissioner, learned what specific? That, that's what I'm saying, is that you've got young men that, when you see the full context, acted with respect and restraint, and yet now they're getting death threats and vilified. Um, there was going to be Native Americans that were going to protest at the school today. So when you say we've learned from that experience, Learn what specifically? Well, the learn is, you know, does it move the needle to, to a better place for either side? In a lot of these cases, it does not. You know, it's, it's not good for that side or this side. You know, it, it just yep. doesn't work. And when it happens, I think we've got to really be careful. If you're, you know, um, in, in that area of, of, uh, of a march or a, an assembly of some sort, uh, you know, you probably got to assume in this day and age that the other side is going to show up, you know, and and are you prepared for that? I mean, before, and you got, you know, hundreds and hundreds of cameras, phones on you uh, constantly, obviously there's going to be some message out there that's going to twist and turn things. And, but again, at the end of the day, what, what good does that do? You know, and that's kind of how I look at things like this now and what we've, what we've lived through in the, in the past, yeah. you know, versus what we're trying to do now today, sit down and talk and, and respect each other. And, um, and, and um, you know, so I think those are some lessons learned that, that people from across America look at North Dakota now and say, hey, we, we've been there and it doesn't work. It Amen. doesn't work. And uh, yeah, we, we can respect respect that side and, and your side of the, the story and your issue. And, um, and uh, Ruth Buffalo is exactly right. Yeah, it's been decades and decades of that type of um, behavior for uh, upon our people. But, uh, but you know, but we need sir, to change, change the sir, narrative the, on that, Chris. And look, I, I don't want to put you in the crosshairs here because you fairly have said, Chris, I have not paid attention to this, but I guess We'll leave it at that, but, but what Ruth Buffalo was saying was, was inaccurate. And many people's opinion now, not from the indigenous people standpoint, but from what took place in that video, but you are talking about respect, so I do want to move on to that. Here's some video of you. We had the uh, Tribal Nation flag ceremony uh, at the state capitol recently. I want to share some video for our audience to give some context of how, emo if we can bring this up, guys, how emotionally moved you were during this uh, flag ceremony. You can see there for you. I mean, this is a very, very emotional moment. Tell us, what does this flag ceremony mean to you, and, and where are those emotions coming from, sir? Well, it comes for, uh, it's a full circle for me, Chris. You know, quite honestly, um, you know, that that moment, I, you know, it, it never, uh, uh, it just hit me, you know, of all the stuff that our, <clears throat> our state and our, our tribe have been through in the last couple of years, um, you know, it, that that moment kind of came to uh, somewhat of a closure for for me and, uh, and my staff, and I think for our state. But to see all the legislators in there, leadership, uh, the the governor, the staff, uh, tribal members, tribal leaders, veterans, all there, all on the same page was was a huge, huge moment for our state, huge, huge moment for for our tribes, and uh, you know it just hits you, it hits you because you. You live and breathe this stuff every night, every day. Um, you want what's right for our people. You want you want respect. You want civility. You know you want to understand history. You want to educate people. And there's so much to to do that. And it takes such hard work, Chris, and a lot of discipline to uh, to do these things. And uh, versus just being emotional about something, which is so easy in this day and age. But 
you know, to turn that corner and, and to be where we're at today, um, this very moment, uh, it's such a beautiful thing and I can't say how much the credit goes to our state leaders, our tribal leaders and veterans and, and everybody who showed up that day just to to celebrate one common thing is, is the respect uh, for tribal people, tribal flags in our state, in our state capital. Very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And I guess what I'd love to know is so, so what would you like to see happen from here? How can we, I'd like to see North Dakota, we've got five tribal nations, sort of be the leader in America and be that, um, you know, beacon on the hill, if you will, where the rest of the country goes, hey, North Dakota and tribal nations are getting this right. Where do we go from here to continue to improve this scenario? Well, and that is our goal, Chris. That's exactly our goal. It's always been my goal to have the best, the best tribal state relations in America, you know, uh, and we're working on that. Uh, and, and right now, again, the, the tribes are on board, tribal leadership are on board, and things are never perfect, Chris. There's always going to be some, some uh, negotiations and disagreements on things, but at least we have now the respect of talking with each other and not about each other, and that's, and that's a huge thing. So moving forward, you know, you know, as we speak, we have legislative hearings. We've had some bills coming through the first uh, round of hearings uh, with uh, passionate testimony and um, bipartisan support. Um, so things are really in a good place right now, Chris, with uh, 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 right now with legislation going on. And um, tribes are here, and they're, uh, they're going to speak uh, where they stand on things. And, uh, and that's a good, good, good process to have in our state. So um, Amen to that. that's what's moving forward right now as we speak. Speaking about some legislation, sir, there's been some, um, so, <laughs> I guess, different points of view, if you will, when it comes to the oil extraction tax and, and how that revenue should be given to tribal nations versus the state, and, and the tribe didn't like the fact that the state lowered the entire oil extraction percent to 10% from 11.5, and now it sounds like there's a new bill that could propose something new which could be better for the tribal nation. So tell us what exactly you're looking to do here, and what will that mean for tribal communities? Well, it goes back to starting that uh, the interim uh, tax, tribal state tax relation uh, committee, Chris, you know, chaired by the governor, lieutenant governor. I was part of that. Also, tax commissioner Rauschenberger. And also, the big key to that was a Senate uh, and House leadership, majority and minority, to sit on this committee. And we worked very hard in the interim on, 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 just, on this particular bill and others as well. But, you know, what this bill means, um, Chris, is stability and uh, assurance for oil companies who want to do business in the Bakken on MHA for the long term. And what does that mean? Well, long-term play means long-term investment. Long-term investments means more tax revenue for our state coffers, such as the uh, SIF fund, you know, roads fund, education fund, uh, water, um, uh, Fargo diversion. Uh, all these taxation <laughs> dollars that come back into these buckets, you know, is, is, is benefit for all. On the tribal side, the same thing. More money for their segments, more money for their water, their roads, their education. And by doing this as an 80-20 split, 20-80 split um, on, on the tribal tracks and on the fee tracks, um, it's a win-win, Chris. Why? Because, again, it provides stability for, uh, for industry to want to wanna, uh, establish new rigs, brand new rigs uh, for the long term. And I think that's what the tribe wants, you know, uh, that's what the state wants. But it's a process. You know, we have some, some more I's to dot and some more T's to cross and uh, go through this process. But for now, uh, that bill's in a good place. Yeah, it looks like, I mean, Governor Burgum, Senate leader, House leader, all on board with this thing. So things look very, very good. Uh, Director Davis, thank you so much for the insight and thank you for sharing uh, what that flag ceremony meant to you. 
I love you, brother. You and I talk a lot offline, so I appreciate you sharing today. Anytime, Chris. Thank you so much.